welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. Traditional Taiwanese puppetry is an art form that's woven itself deeply into the popular imagination and even into the Taiwanese identity. That's true whether we're talking about glove puppets, known as budai shi, or the more modern string puppets we see on TV today. It's popular here with an appeal that spans generations. But it's also managed to gain some traction in other countries as well, with a handful of practitioners and teachers sprinkled all across the world. Now, this cultural spreading didn't happen by accident. In fact, there's one guy in particular who really helped it along. My name is Jean-Luc Penso. He's a French puppeteer who came to Taiwan back in 1974 to study under renowned Taiwanese puppet master Li Tianlu. The Puppetry Art Center of Taipei is currently holding a retrospective exhibition on Penso's work and the remarkable student-teacher relationship he forged with Master Lee. So today on the show, we're going to learn how this Frenchman became an emissary of Taiwan's most enduring performance art form for the entire world. I spoke with him recently, and he told me that it all started back in France when he was in college and taken to see a museum exhibit featuring Taiwanese puppetry. And I was just, you know, I just decided immediately to go to Taiwan because I was just fascinated by the, the, the beauty of the gesture, of the songs and everything. And I just fall in love with this. But, and don't ask me why, because I still don't know why. <laughs> That's why I'm still in love with these puppets. So he decided right there to head to Taiwan as soon as possible. After getting here... He spent his first several months just studying Chinese. His puppetry, meanwhile, didn't really get started until, by chance one day, he actually ran into Li Tianlu in an antique shop. Now, even before he made it to Taiwan, he'd already been exposed to Li's work through videos that had made their way to France. But for some reason, that day in the antique shop, Penso did not recognize the man standing in front of him as the puppetry master he greatly admired. I asked him, oh, do you, do, do you know something about puppetry? You know, I was very shameless, you know, a young man, shameless, you know, I was 20. And uh, he said, yes, very, he was very shy. And I said, can you show me something about puppets? And I said, of course. <laughs> and just uh, I discovered he was a great master. And I feel very ashamed to, to even, I didn't ask him, ask for his name. So it was uh, the first uh, encounter, you know, very strange. So for one month, he, he was just uh, looking at me and uh, wondering what, what I was doing. And then after one month, I proposed him to pay him for, for, for to give him some fees, you know, because he was teaching me. And then uh, a few weeks later, so I paid him, we, I gave him money in an envelope, and a few weeks later, he gave me back the envelope. It was not, even not open. And just like that, Lee agreed to take him on as an apprentice, for free, but on the condition that he would work to spread Taiwanese puppetry to new audiences. Penso promised that he would, and he became Master Lee's first French student, although he would be joined later by others. That was the beginning of a five-year apprenticeship, a time that Penso looks back on fondly, even today. Oh, it was just great. 
because uh, I was going in the morning with Master Lee was teaching me every morning. And very often during the afternoon, I was following him when he was performing in front of uh, shrines because, you know, perpetually at this time we were performed perform for, for the gods in front of the shrines. And when there was opera at night, he would take me to the opera to, to see opera so we could learn he, the, the, the gesture to have the feeling of what we had to do. You know, everything was, uh, he, he did everything for us. And you know what? When he was teaching us only the gesture, it was not only showing us a gesture and, and all, and that's all, but he was singing what should have been sung for the motion of the puppets, because the puppets are, when they move, there is always music. Each movement is related to, to, a, to a music, or to percussion, to rhythm. And he was for hours doing the rhythm, like chang, chang, ta, chang, chang, you know. And he was just exhausted after, after teaching us. And this for five years. It was just incredible, amazing. He stayed true to his promise to help promote the art form. And when his five years were up, Penso took that training back with him to France and joined up with two other French students of Master Lee to co-found their own puppetry company in 1978, Théâtre du Petit Mior. For the 10 first years, I played Taiwanese uh, story. We built a beautiful uh, stage. He was sticking with what he'd been taught, traditional Taiwanese puppet theater. So, you know, he was putting on classics like Journey to the West, Legend of the White Snake. But it turns out, Master Lee wanted to see his pupil go his own way. We invited Master Lee in France quite often, and once he, he was visiting the, the Army Museum, and there was a lot of night and people with big uh, swords and so and so, you know, from the Middle Age uh, period. And suddenly he became very angry, he, you know, and I, I said, in, in the middle of the museum, say what? Say what? What, Master? Say what? I, you are still you are performing Taiwanese puppets only, and I see in this museum that there is night, there are swords, there are everything. I'm sure you have plenty of story in your in France. You should say you should tell your own story. You should not go on traditional Taiwanese puppets all your life. You are not Taiwanese, so do creation, you know. And he, he, I told him, but uh, Master, I'm not ready yet. And he pushed me, and he was very angry, and he pushed me to make the creation, you know. Penso heeded his teacher's advice, and he began using the puppet techniques he learned in Taiwan to portray Western classics. His first creation? He debuted a puppet reinterpretation of the Greek epic The Odyssey in 1986. And just as he had brought the Taiwan form to France, he brought this East-West blend he'd created back to Taiwan. We performed this play as an offer to God in front of uh, Longshansu in Taipei, you know. It was the first time there was a foreign, foreigner puppet company performing for a Chinese god in Taiwan. <laughs> and I'm very proud of this. <laughs> so France, check. Taiwan, check. Up next, everywhere else. I've been lucky to tour a lot of countries with the help of the French uh, Cultural uh, Ministry Minister of Foreign Affairs and Minister of uh, Cultural Affairs. And I've been touring uh, in more than 80 countries all around the world. 
I always uh, talk about the history of, of puppets. I don't play and go, you know. Uh, for me, it's very important to explain what is Taiwan, what, what are the puppets in Taiwan, and so on, so on, so Master Li Tianlu would in fact go on to train many foreign students, some introduced by Penso, some not. And with their combined efforts, Penso managed to follow through on his promise, placing this traditional Taiwanese art form firmly on the international map. There are several French people who came to, to Taiwan to study with Master Li and or his son. Uh, American people, Australian, uh, Korean, and, and Italian people now. So, the, you know, the Taiwanese uh, puppet technique uh, is even uh, taught in the, in the French school for puppetry. So there's plenty of people. Now, it's, it is, uh, how would you say, a tool. Taiwanese puppets are a tool now, uh, amongst others, in the art of puppetry all over the world, you know. Around the world and back. But it, of course, all started with a chance encounter in an antique shop and the strong bond forged between student and teacher. Turns out, that bond was even stronger than Penso knew himself. After Lee's death in 1998, his son told Penso the whole story behind that refused offer of payment. His son told me, uh, during the, the burial, he told me, do you remember the envelope you gave to uh, your master when you arrived? So, yes, of course. And he told me, you know, we knew there was money inside, but we told ourselves to our father, you taught us perpetually for free, so you should not take any money from a, a young guy coming from France to learn perpetually. And you should teach him perpetually like you taught to us. And you know, so in, in that way I was adopted I didn't knew it, but I was adopted by the whole family from the very beginning of my uh, of my learning, and and they were so polite, so uh, elegant, so you know that they didn't tell me anything for 25 years about this story. <laughs> so it was it, it's very, it was very moving for me at the beginning and now and still now I, I I I'm so lucky to have such a master and to meet such a family in Taiwan. I've been so lucky to meet these people, who are just great people. Once again, that was French puppeteer Jean-Luc Penseau, speaking about his teacher, Li Tianlu. Big thanks to Penseau for providing the music for this show. It all comes straight out of his performances. That exhibition at the Puppetry Art Center of Taipei is titled The Origin of Puppetry, and it features Penso's personal collection of puppets, photos from his five-year apprenticeship, as well as other items from his performances. The exhibition was originally set to run through late March, but uh, that run may be extended. You can learn more at the Puppetry Art Center's website, pact.org.tw. Thank you for listening to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. This show is broadcast each Monday on ICRT FM 100 at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. right after the top of the news hour. You can also find extended versions such as the one you just heard on our podcast stream. That's on our website and on iTunes. We uh, also started posting to SoundCloud, so you can find it there as well. Please do post a comment while you're there. That is it for the show today. For Taiwan Talk, I'm Keith Menconi.